0: Oscar Robertson, three-offs What a year it has been. The Bucs are the world champions. Ray Allen's riding past Armstrong. The jam over to Grady. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Happy birthday, Jason. Campus paces up the grass. That's the foul. And a pelican ball throws it down. Step back three from the top. Got it. Got it. Giannis ties the game and becomes the Bucks' all-time leading scorer on one stroke. It's been a 50-year journey,
1: Wisconsin. We've got a room at the top of the world tonight. The Milwaukee
0: Bucks are in. Champions! we are gonna play basketball and win. And win? Yeah. How many
1: games? Six. We're gonna be. We're gonna win a six. Hello and welcome to a special emergency episode of the Eurostep Podcast Network. It's me, Adam McGee. I'm joined by my good friend Ty Windish, and we are here, Ty, to talk about Pat Connaughton opting in to his player option for a next season first off how are you doing I assume you're doing pretty well off the back of this news
0: I was gonna say I'm doing a lot better now that we learned this uh truly a shock honestly shocking and and almost puzzling I would say decision from Pat continent to opt in I don't know what the real benefit is we'll get into it all but mm. Uh, from Woj today, I, I I stopped what I was doing. I think I was eating an apple and it's just like, like a cartoon, I just threw it over my shoulder. million player option for the 22-23 season, according to ESPN. This was today was his deadline, I believe, that's been reported. So he had to make his decision. Unfortunately, we have to wait another week for Bobby Portis. I would not expect this level of good news when he makes his decision, but we'll get into it. Uh, But I'm doing well, although still a little flummoxed.
1: Yeah, so the news, as reported by Woj, is that Pat is exercising his $5.7 million options return to the books for next season. I mean, the books have multiple things to uh, to get on top of going into free agency. They obviously have the likes of Wes Matthews, Javon Carter, who they may want back as well. But I think the two headline decisions that we kind of felt were non-decisions from player perspective um, and that were going to become something of challenges for the books moving into free agency were Pat and Bobby Portis and Pat has at least simplified things on his part. there is likely another shoot to drop on this one, I would say later in the off season uh, this doesn't just mean Pat's decided oh yeah I want to be back for one more year. I'm gonna take a guess there's been some handshake agreements in a very real sense and we see something very different in the in the longer
0: term with Pat Adam Silver team. stop listening now or Mark Tatum if you're still taking over no one, the
1: I assume no one can prove anything I know I'm guessing nothing gets written down listen Pat's a businessman Pat knows how to do hush hush handshake deals you know behind closed doors making sure no one has the place bugged I'm sure it's all being taken care of
0: are there any owners but, meetings coming up soon
1: I'm sure around the draft would seem like a
0: it could be a problem. I think we should push those back another month or two, just to make sure all the ducks are in a row here.
1: Honestly, there could be like a governor's meeting, like tomorrow before the draft. That wouldn't surprise me at all. But Pat coming back is something that I think we all have agreed. Whether it's listening to Eurostep, whether it's just to win at six, and over a couple of seasons, that was just kind of essential to the books. It's a testament to his improvement as a player, his growing stature within the books, but also within the wider NBA, none of us really doubted that he would have problems getting offers better than this this summer, which speaks to, I guess, Pat just really wants to be a book. Wants not just to be a book kind of for another year or so, but wants to settle in here long-term, continue to stay with the franchise, continue to work, I guess, on building a really meaningful legacy beyond even what he's already done with the likes of Giannis and Chris and Brooke and Drew. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm really am as surprised. I know we did a live episode last year when, you know, when Bobby comes back at the, the real kind of cut price and PJ Tucker's gone and that caught us off guard in a different way. But maybe it's just because this is such a pleasant surprise. I don't feel like there's immediately a bad surprise to drop after it, but I am really kind of caught off guard by this
0: yeah I was asked on uh the score here in Wisconsin earlier today does this mean they're gonna resign Bobby and I was like well it helps but you know mm. we got the Bobby contract right before the PJ news last year so it certainly doesn't mean that for sure my the best explanation I can come up with is according to John Hollinger Pat could sign an extension next month for as much as 12 million a year i think and he could have just opted out and signed for 12 million a year for five years right so no matter what the whatever whatever happens this is the most favorable to the bucks this season i wonder if the thought process here is pat is giving the bucks one more discounted rate season and then signing for the number that we more expected for like four years or some amount of years after that so help with the tax bill for one more year they're not going to have cap space this year they're going to be in the tax this year pretty much no matter what I mean if they're not in the tax this year we have a lot darker conversations we're going to have to have because some things have gone horribly wrong Um, but I'm guessing that that is the logic here I mean again i think it would have been more than fair for pat to opt out and ask for three years 36 million you know some some amount of years around 10 to 12. you know i thought maybe he takes a real sweetheart deal and it starts at like eight and goes up over time to just take 5.7 though even if he signs four years 48 million on top of that i think it's still a bargain and still doing the bucks a huge favor so i think that's my main takeaway is no matter what is afoot This is certainly Pat playing into wanting to be in Milwaukee long-term, wanting to continue building here, and doing what he can to assist the Bucs with that.
1: Wanting to be in Milwaukee long-term, and you can't can't control that. Pat will understand that better than most, and particularly if you sign into a long-term contract, there's no guarantee that you're going to get to see that out with the team you signed for, the team you wanted to spend that particular uh, duration with. But this is definitely about years. And if he's to sign an extension, I have no doubt he will get looked after in terms of the money that he otherwise would have been getting this off season, but opt in and then sign a four year extension. Well, there's your five years and that brings Pat up to age 34. And he's always been someone who's been really realistic and pragmatic about his own ability, his own place in the NBA in the past couple of years. That has certainly shifted because he's got better and better and he's been a key cog on one of the very best teams in the NBA, but he does seem like someone. And when you've listened to him talk and, you know, we make more probably business jokes about Pat than anyone else. I feel like a real ambition for him is to be like, Oh, I'm an NBA player. Truth I'm like 34, 35 or whatever it might be. And if he's stopped in here as he has, and then let's say it is a four year extension at whatever number he and the books agree to, congratulations, like you're going to do that. You're going to be contracted true till you're about to turn 35. And considering again, not to go full pat facts on this, but his journey to the NBA, some of the alternative options he could have had in terms of if he was to go down the baseball route, like this is the part he's chosen and he's making something really good out of it. And he continues to talk about how important Milwaukee is to him, how important the books are to him. And for all of the the more questionable elements um, of his business interests and investments in Milwaukee over the years, I do think at this point as well, no one is really doubting that he also shows a lot of very genuine kind of goodwill and interest in being a part of the community and being an active part of that as a face of the books, as a voice of the books. He's been very active on that front and he is getting a chance to, I'm going to guess, have the kind of career and build a kind of legacy as an NBA player that in his wildest dreams he probably didn't imagine he'll ha- he'd have. Like, if he does stay with the Bucs true to age 34 and who knows what the next four or five years have in store for the Bucks, but where he would sit in books history based on what he's already done, kind of building himself up as a face and a voice of the books. We've seen this with all sorts of former books over the years. It's like you build something different for yourself. You build a standing for yourself within the organization. Pat could very well be someone who wants to work in a front office. Would not surprise me. And he certainly got great relationships with all the right people in the books already to position himself for that kind of transition. Like he, he's a guy who has a lot of stuff on his mind and is definitely playing a lot of different things at once in a way that is maybe not true of everyone else. But I do think it's interesting how he is becoming something of a like Mr. Milwaukee books in the role player sense. Obviously that's Giannis, but there's always someone else. There's always someone who's prepared to be the face and the voice. And Pat is doing a lot of that and has been for a couple of years now.
0: Yeah. And I think just the, the way that since pretty much he walked in the door, he's been one of those guys mentioned as, you know, Giannis loves this guy. Giannis workout buddy. Right. And, You know, there was a time when that was everything. Pat, that used to be an insult. Now seems like a positive thing about Pat because he's improved so much. Um, But I think the culture stuff, and also, I mean, I've I've maybe more than anyone discussed this ad nauseum. But a guy who was one of six playable, you know, rotation players by the end of the Brooklyn series, one of the best guys throughout, you know, the entire championship run. Certainly one of the Bucks' best players this last playoffs and until Game Seven was pretty clearly the third best player on on that team that played against boston obviously with chris middleton not playing and it was such a difficult series for brooke lopez but he averaged just under 10 points per game in the regular season by far career high nine and a half points in the playoffs didn't really dip shot 39 percent in both the regular season and the playoffs from three he's rock solid he's dependable he's a great fit he's a culture guy These are the kind of players that you want to be doing things like opting in below market rate to stay and work out a deal. I think this is, you know, we've I think we've talked about Budenholzer, Mike Budenholzer, one of his big contributions that goes under the radar being culture. And it's not just Bud. I mean, it stems from Giannis, of course, the front office, John Horst, ownership. It all plays into this. And this is not to, you know, blindly praise the Bucks org and say that they're great. But clearly the culture they built is real and they're keeping a very good player for well under market value, uh, and that's the kind of thing that the kind of benefit that comes from really you know investing and and seeking out having a good culture. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed, is your matching and hiring platform.
1: the culture can only be real if you've got people there to make it real like every team in the NBA is trying to build a culture we make fun of a team like the Heat all the time for Heat culture but the reason they were able to build that is okay you've got a vision that starts with ownership and Pat Riley and then you've got a coach who carries that out in in Eric Spolstra but over the years they have had stars Dwayne Wade bridging a long period of time to buy in And then you get role players who come and they will represent that too. And the books have that with Yanis. They have singular superstar who doesn't want to be treated any differently to anyone else. He's going to work just as hard. And as we all know, harder than anyone else on the team. And he's going to lead by example in basically all facets of his game, his life on the court, off the court. You've got all of that going for him. And then you get someone like Pat who comes along and rows right in with that. And that is important because... It's not just that Giannis is up here and everyone is trying to reach Giannis's level. Pat is the guy that, for example, if you're Bobby Portis, when Bobby Portis comes in, or if you're whoever say they may end up signing this offseason, who could be a little feel they're a little undervalued or their career hasn't gone as they might like to today, but here they are, they've got a chance. Like Pat is the guy that they can look to. He can fully kind of vouch for what the books experience can do, what it's done for him. And he is the shining example of. You know, you can be really kind of just as central a part of this as anyone else, of Gianna, as Yanis, as Chris, as Drew, as Bud. Like, you can be taught of in that way. And again, like, it wasn't always the case. Uh, anyone listening to this, any books fan, you're going to be able to remember going back not all that long ago where Pat was a player who would often be a source of frustration for books fans, where Pat's last contract that he signed the, like this one that he is now opting into, and we're all rejoicing about another year. When that deal was signed, it wasn't one that everyone was really, really happy about, but he's managed to flip that script over time, and become a player that Ty, I think we've got this far into the episode without you making any reference to rafters. But I wonder if your Pat Connaughton does that sort of thing enter your mind too, because again, there is a legacy in place already for him with the books and there was a chance to add to it. And I don't know if he viewed himself coming into the NBA being kind of, you know, 50, 50, whether he's going to be going the baseball route or the basketball route. If he saw himself as a player that anyone would ever be talking about, Oh, his, his number could end up hanging from the rafters of an NBA arena. And it, it could like he is on that path with the books in terms of what he's achieved in terms of how he's positioned himself and in how he continues to perform. Like, he doesn't blink in the playoffs. You outlined it. That's crucial. There's been a lot of good players in the books over the past few years who have just completely keeled over in the playoffs or who become much more inconsistent. Pat elevates his game most of the time, but at minimum, if he he has a really good regular season like he had last year, he's going to bring that again to the playoffs. You can't ask for more than that, and it's building an overall books legacy for him that... I wonder, does he stop and think about that? And is it, you know, well, what's the money elsewhere? What do I care about? Because we also know like Pat is, Pat is not just like an athlete. Pat is a diehard sports fan. Like he loves sports and some of the romance of that probably speaks to him more than it might some other guys too.
0: Yeah. And I think the funny part about Pat is for, you know, as much as he is, no matter what he says on IG stories, a businessman, he has. I mean, right after I think the season ended, the Bucks put out that long video with his postseason media thing, where he's basically like, "It's not always about the money." And it's like, I, it, it's just funny to to consider kind of the duality of of Pat, like capitalist Pat well, versus but staying always, in Milwaukee Pat.
1: He always says he sees other ways beyond basketball. Yeah, yeah it's it's not his salary. That's not that's not the be all and end all of making money for him, which is interesting, because it should still probably be (laughs) one of your go-tos with what's available to you there. I don't know how well things are going over at... Is it Tree Leaf? Is that the...
0: Yes, I believe um, it
1: is. That's his company. I don't know how well things are going there. Like Maybe it is at a point where Pat's like, oh yeah, that's just that basketball bunny. It's just like the bonus coming in every now and then. I don't believe that's the case, but that is how he's always talked about it, which I don't know. I can't think of another... I definitely can't think of another role player in the NBA like that. Like, that's fine. LeBron being like, yeah, my goal (laughs) is to be a billionaire and him thinking that way. But Pat Connaughton thinking that way. And honestly, on the whole so far, seeming like that's a pretty successful strategy for him. Like he is getting what he seems to want uh, in terms of long term security out of his life by taking that approach.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it, it's pretty unique, honestly, when you put it that way of like role players around sports, even who forego what would be, I mean, listen, what Pat has made in his career is nothing for us normies to scoff at, but for Pat, what would be certainly, you know, his biggest payday to this point, substantially bigger than his NBA career earnings. Although, you know, like we mentioned up top that could still be coming sometime next month. When the league calendar rolls over via an extension, I certainly would hope that there's an extension tacked on to this sooner rather than later because Pat deserves that security as much as goodwill as there is between he and the Bucks. You just never know what could happen. And I think, you know, Pat deserves a, a long guaranteed contract for the way he's played these last, I mean, it's been in Milwaukee four years, really the last two seasons where I think he's leveled up in his game in a pretty obvious way.
1: For sure. And his career earnings now mean up to 22 million as an NBA player, which certainly is not nothing. But as you said, the extension comes along. You expect him to surpass that with the value of that extension pretty comfortably uh, with a multiple year extension. And that's got to be the play here. Honestly, if it's not, we're going to find ourselves scratching our heads in August. And we're going to be like, what is really going on there? Because even from the book's point of view, I mean... Is it a win for them if Pat just opts in now and you're going through this again next next offseason? They're in a kind of really tough cycle with that that just seems to set you up to possibly fall apart in terms of your depth every single year. On the one hand, they probably wouldn't mind getting out of that, but he's doing them a solid right now. He's I, I saw Frank Madden tweet that I, I believe it could be up to $10 million in luxury tax savings for this season um, that Pat is essentially looking after the books with. So... I'm going to guess he's getting that back. I'm going to guess that he's going to be looked after accordingly for that, but it is going to be interesting to see exactly how that plays out. To go to something you touched on earlier, so does this change your feelings on whether Bobby should be back, whether Bobby will be back, how the books factor into this? I don't know if it actually changes anything from my perspective, but what I do think it will change, and we saw this last year, is it sets a narrative that if the books cheap out on Bobby and Bobby isn't back and they don't find a creative way that ultimately everyone's left to go, oh, the roster is actually better. Then you're left in a spot like we were a year ago when Bobby took discount that PJ Tucker is not back, where you'd be like, well, Pat opted in. Pat Pat made it easier for you right now. And you've still let Bobby go. So I, I think even from like a narrative pressure sense, that's interesting for the books. Do the books care what anyone says about them? Absolutely not that's been well established with how they deal with injuries, but where are you at on that? And how do you think it may affect the books decisions over the next week or so?
0: I think it's funny that it it is going to boil down to a lot of people to Bobby Portis. And I think there's more that I hope to see because of this, or, or at least other ways this could be this tax savings. Cause that's, I mean, we've, this is a question I've actually gotten a fair amount. Like what does this do for the Bucks functionally? Are they under the cap now? No, they'll never be under no, the cap nothing. as long as nothing. well, maybe apron, but probably not. And you could argue how important that is anyway. It's more yeah. possible now. Um, but you'd pretty much need Bobby to leave or some significant other salary to move. So probably nothing except for, you know, lighten the load on, on ownership. And clearly whatever it is, there's some number that John Horse is operating with. I, I think unless he's just like a very careful guy by nature, I think we would have seen PJ back and some other things happening by now. Um, So that's the main benefit is, is hopefully allowing the bucks to spend more than they might other ways. So Bobby is the most obvious one. And you know, the biggest impact, frankly, I think whether it's using the draft pick or not, they could save some money by trading down or out. Of course, second rounders are cheaper in the immediate books than first rounders, although first rounders, you usually get more guaranteed years, so there's an interesting trade-off there. Um, or using the full uh, taxpayer mid-level exception, you, we've seen them use parts of it, and that again is another way you can save a little bit. But Bobby would be the biggest state, like the biggest dollar amount out of any of those by far, and the best player. I mean, in year one, Bobby Portis significantly better, likely than anyone they would sign or any draft pick long-term. You could argue, but Bobby's not an old guy either. I mean, you would think he's the the biggest fish they have left the biggest Domino by far and yeah it would be really disappointing if the Bucks didn't re-sign him no matter what and again if it's like PJ Tucker where you know if somebody offers Bobby you know three years 45 million and the Bucks literally can't do it and Bobby decides to go get it it still sucks but it's understandable right it's literally out of their hands at that point if Bobby signs somewhere for a full mid-level and the Bucks could have just paid it and choose not to then that's where you get to okay this is a terrible look and you know i think last year it was like they better have a great plan i think even with a great plan to make up for that it's still a pretty bad look because you're burning the asset and anything else you do any of those other you know keeping another player right you could use another roster spot uh with that extra money it's going to be a vet min guy it won't be someone as good as bobby portis so i think um inexcusable could probably be applied assuming he doesn't get some crazy grandfather offer from portland or whatever uh but i think it 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 will be for a reason the biggest indicator people use now for Milwaukee's spending whether or not they can retain bobby portis
1: yeah it's the key thing is it's it's never apples to apples in these situations with the bucks operating way over the cap as a pretty significant luxury tax team if you're passing up on Pat Conanton, if that had been, or if you're passing up on Bobby Portis, a lot of people just go, oh, well, just you pay what you would have paid him to... No, you can't do it. Um, it's the, what the, the book's best option to strengthen their team year to year is generally, can you keep your guys? Are you prepared to keep them and pay what the tax cost is? And then who can you find with your, with your mid-level? Like, that's that's kind of the spot you're in as a team at this point. So one thing, I mean, we're obviously we're 24 hours little more than that away from the NBA draft. So like this isn't going to materially change anything the books do. But I guess for us going into it, we would have expected Pat to have opted out and even expecting him to come back. We would have been like, oh, you know, maybe they they could need some, could do with some more wing help, um, some forwards. They probably still wouldn't turn that kind of thing down if they feel the right player is there. But it is something that one more guy is guaranteed to be back on the roster for next year. No doubts at all about that heading into draft night.
0: Yeah, I think you could still use another wing player for sure, and especially if there is some sort of a move with a Grayson Allen, which I think, I don't know if hypothesized as much as manifested is what I've been doing there um, after the playoffs, which is tough. But uh, if that happens or not, I still think you could look at backup point guard, depending on George Hill's health status and whatever else maybe a bigger need i don't think they The Bucks still could pretty much use everything with or without pat condon maybe even with or without bobby portis so hopefully they just go pick you know a nice player and call it a day in the draft whether that's trading up or trading down which i would prefer them honestly i think just to stand pat unless someone is falling that they really like and they're able to obtain them for you know draft them for a reasonable trade-up scenario
1: yeah, well, one thing on Grayson that I just, if you're not aware anyone listening, because I wasn't aware it's a couple of days ago and I saw him in Bobby Marks' uh, piece. Stabilize? The, the poison pill restriction. Oh, contract. yeah. So he can't be traded without the team trading firm. Um, let me see if I could find it. it. It bumps the salary up three and a half million dollars if he's traded before July 1st, which adds to you know, the idea, oh, the Bucks may want to trade up on draft night, it's even more difficult to trade up on draft night than possibly we would imagine. I think that's something that's really tough for them generally. I was with you on this, and we've talked about this in the past, that I think they they may well shop Grayson around. But in knowing that, that's an extra barrier, at least for now. Doesn't mean he couldn't be traded when free agency opens, but given what, what the books are working with, trades for them, you really kind of want to make them on draft night the only night where you have a first round pick to trade. Uh yeah. um, so, so that's a kind of tricky wrinkle too no doesn't just, mean it's you impossible could but... to,
0: you could agree to terms and just close it later as well I think that's something we see in the yes. offseason pretty often I think that would be the most I mean at this point you're only talking about you know a week and a half or so to wait um so I think that that probably probably would be a trade that's not closed until next league year for that reason um but it does certainly make it a bit more complicated here what's interesting now for me too and unfortunately got a rep pretty soon but The non-guaranteed slash expired vet min guys like, you know, Pat's we expected back or we hoped back, but at a certain point, especially if they use one or even more picks, you start to run low on roster spots. So we'll see out of basically the group of, oh, we got the Nasus opting in. It's the other Mm -hmm. concrete piece of news. I think we all expected him back. Again, probably assumed maybe an opt out in another contract, but hey, we'll take the Nasus. So we've got Luca Valdoza, Ray John Tucker are non guaranteed. And then Wes Matthews, Javon Carter, Jordan War are all expired. Plus uh, Mamu and Wigginton both expired two way contracts.
1: I, Jordan I, being a, an RFA on that as well. So we'll yes. see if they actually extend the qualifying offer to him. Which yeah, I'm sure they, would, they will, but they may. I don't know ex- if they will. Well, they may and pull it. Like you see that sort of thing just while you go about your business. But there's so few roster spots that if you're asking me, like I'm just moving on, like just, yeah, just not a second thought to it, but
0: yeah, I think we can probably do probably after draft another episode, going through all of these spots. Cause we won't have true clarity until July, early July one, July one, but July, but it'll just be interesting to see who hangs on and it will probably be largely informed by if they draft a player, who is it? Do they resign Bobby in terms of what positions you prioritize here? All I know is would really want West Matthews back. Would like to see Javon Carter back. And in terms of the more fringe guys, man, I know you're on board. Give me Luca Vildoza. I'm all in.
1: I'm glad to see you've seen the light, Ty. I want we talk are... too.
0: I want all of them. There's just only so many spots.
1: So many spots. That's the problem. Uh, we're going to wrap up because Ty is a local radio personality as well as a <laughs> member of GSPN. So we got to get him out of here so he can go and talk to everyone else in the state of Wisconsin. Um, are, are we gonna have another pod pre-draft are you no. is there a possibility no okay no so you think,
0: unless I mean hey we'll no, see what I'm, happens well, but
1: of course of course there may be news but uh otherwise you'll hear from us post draft we also for those of you who've joined in was playback for watching games throughout the season and we have a couple of playback things We'll have a Brewers playback tonight that's Wednesday as you're listening for Brewers Cardinals. And then most um, of, of greatest interest, those of you listening here, we're doing a watch along for the NBA draft on playback on Thursday. We will all, I'm sure, tweet out the link to that. So you'll be able to find it there. It'll be in our discord. If you're a member, you'll find it there. And if you're not in our discord, gspn.info, you can go and get your access to the discord there. We should be a lot of fun. We'd love for as many of you to come and join us and watch the draft and see whatever it is John Horse has got in store for us. As always, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That's the Eurostep Podcast Network. Get all your Eurostep, all your winning six. Uh, I'm on Twitter at AdamMiguel11. Ty is at Ty Windish. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see that on your screen. If you're not watching on YouTube, go and subscribe there and you can get a lot of our content there as well. I think that's pretty much it. I'll do it for now. Until um, next time, thanks again to all of you for listening.
0: Thank you, Ty. Thank you, Adam. Hot random tax day is coming. Oh, no.